0: God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing.
1: This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. Slider for the lead and the win. He's back to Cookman Drag Race
2: to the line. Who got it? Give it to Rico.
1: With your host. ABC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer. It's D. Welch, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right. I got flagmen out there. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman that can't see. And an expert in only one category: food.
2: Look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there, and cooked perfect.
1: Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food.
2: When you're talking a a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for fifteen to twenty chicken wings. It's Heavy Lunch,
1: Tyler Burnett. It's episode
2: 34 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. Today, Paul's to the wall. Paul McMahon is going to be on the show today. He recently announced, Dylan, that he will be going back full-time racing with CJB Motorsports in the Flow Racing All-Star Circuit of Champions. It was announced uh, this past week that Brent Marks was going racing uh, with his own family team, right? And, and they want to race in Pennsylvania. But CJB and Brett Marks no longer aligned. Paul McMahon now takes over the full-time role and is going to try to win them a uh, points championship for their team.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously Paul is, has run with them in the past. So uh, it's a, a reunification and, um, you know, going to be a lot of fun to – um you know see what they can do chasing the you know chasing the all-star points so um we talk about how uh how tough you know the all-star deal has been you know so far this year and and now you just add another guy in there and paul so it's gonna be a lot of fun to
2: watch and paul of course uh has been around a long time you you might remember him from the world of outlaws sprint car series game the penzoil 2002 game that's actually out in my garage right now i think he ran the u2 is that right? The blue U2 in that game? Yep. He's famous. He's, I mean, he's been around a long, long time and been winning races for a long, long time.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's one of the, I mean, he's one of the best, you know, sprint car racers of, of, uh, of our generation. So, um, you know, just, and a good guy too. I mean, goes, goes about his business the right way. And, um, you know, is, has, like you said, been around for a long time, but, um, you know, has always stayed humble and, and, you know, down to earth and, um, you know, has a great family and, and just a a great, really fun guy to be around and, um, you know, good things happen to good people for sure.
2: I love hanging out with the McMahons, Braden McMahon. Uh, I play Fortnite with them and a few other games, uh, because, you know, of course, um, we don't have lives besides video games and racing. So, um, you know, he, he's, he's a good, you know, Braden's a good social media follow, but his dad, of course, is a good hot shoe. And, uh, running for CJB Motorsports, we talk about that. Plus, um, some of your success at the Chili Bowl, Dylan, we could credit to Paul McMahon for for some of the meals he's cooked for you, maybe even some of the drinks he's made for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Paul, he's a phenomenal cook. Um, that was that honestly was one of my favorite parts about running with running with Ronx. I mean, we had a, we had a great time. All of us, you know, our, our whole team was, um, you know, we were there to have a good time, and um, you know we raced and took it seriously, but we were there to have fun too. And, and Paul was, you know, was, was kind of part of our group there for um, a couple of years, raced a couple of years. And then, and I think the last year, maybe he just kind of came and and hung out and cooked for us and made drinks and um, phenomenal cook. Um, And like I said, you know, just, just a fun dude to be around. So uh, always enjoyed, you know, those times we got to spend with him out there in Tulsa.
2: For sure. Never lost the party, but also a good mentor to some race car drivers including Buddy Kofoid and Spencer Baston, who are joining the team part-time. It was announced this week by CJ Mee Motorsports that Kofoid will get starts at like Williams Grove and a few other places this year. Uh, And and likely going to have a good shot to win in those things because Kofoid already at the beginning of the year won at the Wild Wing Shootout uh, in a wing sprint car. You know, you get Kofoid in good equipment right now, he's going to win. So, um, you know, for for Paul McMahon to take a full-time role, with the team get a full-time schedule add about 30 more races to his already 55 race schedule but then get to race with buddy Kofoid and pick Spencer Basin's mind I think that's pretty much a win-win for Paul McMahon right
1: yeah absolutely I mean he's um you know obviously is accomplished in his own right but you know two of the two of the brightest uh you know young I don't know Spencer Basin I can't even say is young anymore he's been around for you know eight or nine years now but um, you know, oh, two yeah. of the, you know, unda- undoubtedly, you know, most talented youngsters, um, in sprint car racing right now. So, um, you know, and cool for Baston too. you know, obviously he's kind of been, um, you know, kind of in a weird, you know, situation the last few years, just kind of bouncing around trying to, to figure out what he's going to run, you know, ran out West last year, but, um, you know, I'm sure is, is excited about the chance to get in a, a solid, um, you know, solid car and race back around, um, you know the Midwest, so to speak, you know, the, the, the area that the all-stars are on. So um, even if it is just a, you know, part-time, but a cool opportunity for both those guys, you know, obviously buddies, you know, we don't have to tell anybody that watches this, you know, what kind of talent he is, but um, cool opportunity for him to, you know, to get with a, um, you know, another national level team and, and, you know, kind of go out on the road and and see what he's made of.
2: For sure. And it was a big weekend of wing sprint car racing for um, the all, you know, the outlaws the all were the all-stars off I think they were off they raced last week right I, I'm I'm getting my weeks mixed up here. they're all running together yeah the all-stars were off I believe so yeah all right let's get into our Sun dollar restoration hat shakes of the week before I mess this up even more um again Sun dollar in the Indianapolis area Jason and um Kim great people they you know they are some of the nicest people you will meet they support indiana racers but also have a great company that will help you in when there is a storm that hits the area right so they will go through they will help out those who need insurance claims to fix um you know problems with houses or problems with recreational buildings or commercial buildings or whatever needs to be fixed from a storm it will cost you nothing it is an insurance claim you sign on the dotted line And they go to your insurance provider and they make it all happen and they fix whatever you need fixed that's in the indianapolis area sundollar restoration at sundollar.net let's go through some of these winners um again the world of outlaws big weekend for brad Sweet. he won at jacksonville speedway on thursday um again winning again let me try to go through the list here of where he won let's just say he won all the races so he won at uh, jacksonville he won at i70 motorsports park in odessa missouri and uh, again the next night with the Outlaws, big weekend for the big cat, D Welch.
1: That's right. He's uh he's on a roll, and of course the All-Stars race this weekend, Tyler. They raced in Pennsylvania, Tri-City, same hay for Teep One. I thought that was and last. Justin, my bad. And Justin Peck won at Sharon. Um so uh had a had a couple races going on this weekend. So and then of course, uh USAC was in action at the Kokomo Grand Prix. Uh, Emerson Axum got his first career national midget win on Friday. And then Chris Wyndham got in victory lane on Saturday at Kokomo.
2: Hayford Teep hadn't won an all-star sprint car series race in a long time. And he's not the only one to do that this year. Justin Peck hadn't won since 2017. Neither had Logan Wagner. Now that Larson and Reitzel and these boys aren't hogging up these wins, it seems like some of these guys who haven't won in a while are winning now.
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's opened up, you know, I mean, you have you've got one less car theoretically that, you know, is a consistent contender up front in Reitzel. So, uh, that's going to, I mean, that's going to just naturally open up, you know, potential to win. I mean, obviously you've got, you know, some guys that are, um, you know, that have stepped in to kind of fill that role, but, you know, Reitzel is a guy that was, it didn't matter where or when, you know, the circumstances were he was a guy that you knew you were going to have to beat if you wanted to win. So without him in the field, uh, it opens up the opportunity for, for other guys to, to run up front and, and win races. So I think that's, um, you know, I think that's a good thing for the all-stars it's going to, you know, it's, and we're only, you know, it's only May and we're, we're already talking about, you know, all these different winners. So it's going to be, uh, going to be a good summer for them, I think.
2: For sure. And just looking at some of the other winners, um, Davey Ray won at Bloomington and on-wing sprint cars. Tyler Thomas got a sprint car win with the ASCS Sooner Region. Um, Wesley Smith won again with Power I War Sprint Cars on Friday. Or Jared Horseman won uh, a USCS race uh, in Tennessee. Uh, Brady Bacon back to victory lane with the sprint cars at Kokomo and his you know, one of the cars he has running out of his shop. It wasn't the Mean Green 69. Um, Bud Kading won a Wing 360 Sprint Car Race. That was Friday. Um, There there were a bunch of winners. Max Stamball, congratulations to him. Um, DJ Foose won at Fremont. We're all over the place here. Kyle Cummins won at Kokomo Speedway. Chris Windham, again, uh, winning with the Midgets. And Max Adam won at Lawrenceburg. AJ Hopkins won at Putnamville. So those are some of the winners that I kind of wrote down. Anthony Macri at Port. And Justin Peck, you mentioned winning at Sharon Speedway. Who is your Sun Dollar restoration hat shake of the week, Dylan Welch?
1: I'm gonna give mine to Emerson Axum. Uh not just because he won. Uh that's a part of it, but I think the fact that he backed it up the next night was quick time and finished fifth. Um you know, is, is that's a really good weekend for him, you know, and I think, I think everybody probably expected him to, to win a race or two this year, just because he's shown speed and he's been good, you know, and, and close, you know, the last year or so. Um, but I think the biggest challenge, you know, of the USAC deal, if you're going to run it nationally for points is just the consistency aspect of it. So, um, you know, he's a young kid and, you know, could have, been on a high and probably still was after friday night but came back saturday and, and took care of his business and um you know put it put together a really really solid weekend so um he's another guy too that's in you know in that conversation with um you know with cofoid and and you know Dace and pursley and all these you know these young kids that are coming out of the micros and and outlaw carts and stuff that um you know it's it's the future is bright, you know, again, we're kind of seeing a changing of the guard, so to speak. And uh, in USAC again, you know, with uh, the departure of, of some of the guys that have been a fixture for a long time Um, and, you know, here comes the next generation, they're ready to win. And um, you know, I think Emerson is certainly worthy of being in that discussion as you know, one of the guys that's going to be going to be around for a long time. So I was happy for him and Scott Petrie that they were able to, to get that one done.
2: Yep. And um, I'll I'll most likely going to chat with Emerson uh, this weekend, or this week, if you will, about his first USAC National Sprint Car Series race. That'll be on uh, flowracing.com and the app here shortly. Uh, Brent Marks won at BAPS Motor Speedway in York Haven, Pennsylvania. Um, You know, Kyle Cummins actually got back-to-back wins this weekend. He won at Kokomo and then went to Terre Haute and won with the Midwest Sprint Car Series. I think mine might go to Cummins. I mean, um, to to win at Kokomo, of course, a place he's really good at. And, of course, he's going to be a SmackDown contender. I think he, sw- he swept the SmackDown uh, weekend one of the nights uh, a couple years ago. It might have been last year. I'm not sure. But to go from Kokomo, get your car ready the next night and win at Terre Haute. I mean, Dylan, you know the difference in the racetracks. That's that's almost a completely different race car.
1: Well, and, and you know, he's good at both places. Um, you know, so knows – knows what he needs in, in the car. And, um, you know, that makes, makes that kind of transition that much easier. So, um, that's nice for him, you know, went up North to Kokomo and stopped at Terre Haute on his way back South, stopped at the racetrack and got him a win. So, um, good weekend for him.
2: Yeah. We might be missing a lot of winners. Uh, again, like I say, every week, we really don't care if you want to find, Um, The winners, uh, like Stephen Shabester, who won at Lawton Speedway in the ASCS Elite Non-Wing Sprint Car Series, or Michael Miller, who won in the Wing 360 Sprint Car Series, or Ben Schmidt or Stephen, you know, Derek Hagar winning with the 360s. Go find all that information elsewhere. This is not the podcast. You get it. But um, those are the winners we have uh, from this weekend. Uh, and thank you for telling me that there was an all-star race this weekend. I did know that there was a rain out between. So I thought the two weeks were separate for some reason. It's just a lot going on over here. All right, D Welch.
1: I understand a lot to keep track of.
2: Yep. And I have to, have to get our wing rankings out here soon. Flowracing.com slash rankings is where you can find winged and non-wing sprint car rankings. This weekend, again, I mentioned let's preview the races Dylan real quick before we get out of here. Um, you know, your Sun Dollar Restoration hat shake of the week went to Emerson Axum, who's racing a midget this weekend uh, somewhere. But the non-wing sprint car series of USAC, the United States Auto Club, will be at Eldora for Let's Race 2. Matt Weaver and I will be there to get you all the Outlaws and USAC content. The USAC races, the sprint car races will be on flow, Don Welch. I just had this nostalgia about Eldora, non-wing sprint cars. To me, non-wing sprint cars are the best product that Eldora features.
1: Yeah. I love, love watching the sprint cars there. Um, and, and the fact that it's, you know, two races in a row, back to back nights and you get the outlaws too. Um, you know, it's, this is, uh, this is the weekend you dream of if you're a dirt track, you know, racing fan. So, um, jealous of you that you get to be there. Cause it's always, uh, always such a cool event. And, Um, you know, big money for the USAC guys. And, and obviously, you know, the outlaws are, you know, every time they're in town, it's a big show. So, um, excited to watch it on flow and, um, you know, looking forward to, to that. And then of course, uh, the following day on Sunday, the silver crown cars make their debut at Winchester to, to kick off their year. So, uh, it's a really great weekend of racing in uh, in the Midwest and, um, you know, looking forward to catching it all here on flow.
2: Yeah, the Silver Crown Series. Look, if you want to make a weekend out of Eldora and Winchester, you're not going to have a better weekend, in my opinion, this year, right? So 30 minutes down the road, if that is like 30 to 20 minutes or so to Winchester from Eldora, like go watch, go take the camper, go to the Sprint Car Races, see the World of Outlaws and USAC, both nights, Friday and Saturday, and then go to Winchester and watch the Silver Crown Series go to Winchester for the first time ever. They, the Silver Crown Series has never run at Winchester. They've only won, run midgets and sprint cars there. So this is the first time the big cars will be at Winchester. It will be a sight to see the who's who will be there as far as um, historic figures in the sport wanting to see Winchester run the Silver Crown cars because it is it is historic. It's it's a historic race, and I hope people watch it, and I hope people go because support Brady Bacon, who's promoting this race. The, the Win, this Winchester race is going to be tremendous, Dylan.
0: Let me turn IPV. my mic on here. It's uh yeah,
1: it's gonna be a lot of fun. And and um, you know, obviously the, the silver crown cars have run at Salem for, for the last few years. Um so uh you know, Winchester is is I don't even want to say similar because they're different racetracks, but the high, you know, high banked, you know, sketchy, uh, you know, bumpy, rough racetracks. Um and they had a test there this past week and it looks like everything, you know, went off without a hitch. But uh but yeah, to your point, you know, I mean it's a it's a phenomenal weekend. You know, you get to see three different types of race cars, um, you know, on two different types of race tracks, two different surfaces. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh it's everything you could want as a, as a race fan. And um, I'm just mad that I'm not back in Indy so that I can, uh, I can go check it all out. Cause it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great racing. I'm sure.
2: For sure. My Sun dollar has to, my Sun dollar restoration hat shake of the week goes to Kyle Cummins. Um, yours was to Emerson Axum. Uh, before we go, did you see the video? Wayne Johnson, Aaron Reitzel. Uh, of course, on the Dirt Vision broadcast, um, Wayne Johnson called Aaron Reitzel a P-word that rhymes with stick, um, so it's it, you know, it wasn't the P-word you're thinking of that uh, you know might be a little bit more offensive, um, but he basically said, you ran into me. I didn't mean to crash you you ran into me and you're mad at me how does that work yes I'm crashing but avoid me right avoid the crash if you don't want to wreck race car
1: yeah I mean it was probably a lot of pent-up frustration too from you know however many years those guys have raced together which is is a lot so um you know I I think if you look at the response on social media you're gonna find probably 95% of the majority is going to side with Wayne Johnson just because of how Reitzel has raced people, uh, you know, his, his whole career really. Um, so that's, that's a product, you know, of, you know, if you make your bed, you're going to have to lay in it eventually. And so whether this incident was a direct response to something that, you know, happened recently, or it was just a matter of, you know, time before it, you know, somebody did, take it into their own hands um you know that's not for us to decide or or really maybe ever even know so um you know but i'm i from what i gather reading the comments on social media there was a lot of people that wished it could have been them that gave him a you know hit across the face so uh wayne johnson became a hero this weekend and um you know it was uh it was exciting that's for sure
2: don't get me wrong right i love watching aaron rice will drive a race car i have never in my lifetime been a fan of the 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 race car driver who settles for a position right i i think it, there was a nascar driver i'm pretty sure it was mark martin like right like i've made fun of mark martin a lot i like mark martin's a good race car driver but he had a quote saying like i will let people pass me and then i'll find them later in the race like I don't like race car drivers like that i don't i want someone who's gonna stick up for a position right who's gonna be aggressive like an aaron reitzel or whatever but i'm also okay with wayne johnson you know owning you know calling someone out for something that they said or or not being happy with someone right like i'm okay with all of that stuff and i'm also okay with the content right the content that came out of the fight video that we had even though the fight video was very poor Um, it could have been better quality. We we were gonna talk about that with Paul McMahon, right? Like, I would have had a camera right in both of their faces. I would have had a mic'd up before. Like, I mean, it's it, you know, it's it it seems to me like you knew going into this thing there was going to be some kind of tussle, right? So I would have approached either one of them, like get a mic on them or something, right? But like, just just to me, I'm okay with the content, but when you look at like a Spencer Gallagher and who was it? Spencer Gallagher and John West Townley fight, that was comical. And the fact that, you know. They, they body slammed each other, and there was bikes thrown in this one. Like, what are some of the better fights of all time that are just kind of goofy and never, never were really a fight? Like, maybe even KT's go kart thing, punching someone in a helmet. Like, it seems like you don't do rational things when you start fighting on a racetrack. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a highly emotional thing, you know. I mean, and, and if you're right, Soul, you know, to your point, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, when it's your livelihood you know, and, and you've got a family like he does, you know, you're going to, you're going to make it, you know, you're going to be aggressive to, you know, get that extra hundred or 200 bucks or whatever it is. You know, I, mean, I get that. I totally get that. Um, but it's very obvious that he's, he's rubbed people the wrong way. Um, you know, obviously I've never, I've never raced him. And he's never done anything to me, so I don't have a dog in the fight, but it's no secret that there's not a lot of people that like him. So, Uh, you know, if, if that's, if that's how you're going to race, then that's fine. But I think at some point you have to be ready to accept, you know, the consequences of that and accept that somebody is going to not take it. And, um, you know, that's, that's just how it's going to be. So, uh, you know, granted it doesn't happen very much anymore because I think people are afraid to fight because of social media and because of, uh, you know, the perception that maybe comes with being a fighter or whatever um which i think personally is is a you know is dumb because i think that you know if you if you really are that upset with somebody you know don't don't be a bitch about it on social media you know go take care of it you don't have to fight somebody but go take care of it whatever you know whatever you need to do you know in person Um, but like i said if if you are going to raise people hard and you're going to be okay with occasional contact, you know, for your gain or your benefit. There's going to be somebody at some point that isn't happy with it and is not going to take it. So, um, you know, you're going to you have to deal with that. So, I think um is 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 this fight going to change how Aaron races? No, probably not. Um but, you know, that's that's part of it. If you're going to be if you're going to be that guy, then you better be willing to to live with the consequences of it.
2: I think what the interesting part of it is, and, and the reason why the the fight happens, right? Because you don't see a lot of fights between guys who are directly racing against each other, right? Like same level of competition. Because you got to race with each other again. There's always going to be payback. You don't want payback, right? For instance, Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano at Martinsville. You know, don't rub somebody mad because they're going to end a championship for you, right? Like, and if they and they have that control, especially in NASCAR when everything's staged. So um, it's like. You ha- but the problem is Aaron Reitzel is, right now isn't directly racing with Wayne Johnson. I mean, you know, Wayne Johnson, yes, he, he's good, and he, you know, he's had good runs. And, and, but the, just the level of equipment, the level that Aaron Reitzel's racing at, full-time with the World of Outlaws, one of the best cars on the tour, like, they're just not going to be racing against each other a lot, right? So maybe that kind of weighed in their mind about them there being some kind of payback this season because Reitzel isn't going to have to go toe-to-toe with Wayne Johnson very often this year.
1: Well, it doesn't matter how many times he's going to have to race him. If Wayne feels like Aaron did something dirty to him or wrong to him, it doesn't matter how many times he's going to race him. If he wants to go take care of it, he's going to go take care of it. It doesn't matter what their equipment is, you know. I mean, I think I think these guys that are professional race car drivers have enough respect for human life that they're not going to go out there and crash somebody's car, you know, as fast as these you know outlaw cars are going. They're, I mean, they're not going. I don't think there's you know, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a few probably that are that stupid. They don't care. And I'm talking across all of dirt racing, but, uh, you know, for the most part, these people are going to be smart enough to not go out there and, you know, intentionally crash somebody and maybe hurt them. But if you're that pissed and you don't want to crash somebody, go down there and tell them how you feel. So it doesn't I mean it doesn't matter if one of their, if one of their cars is better than the other, they were clearly around each other at some point enough to one for one of them to make the other one mad. So, um, I have no problem with it. You know, people, I mean, people complain all the time that everybody whines on social media, you know, instead of going down there and handling their business like a man. And that's what we got. And I think you saw that the public, you know, the people that actually understand the sport, you know, they were okay with it because nobody's, you know, nobody's equipment got intentionally crashed. They went down there and handled it and, they probably won't have a problem again because Aaron doesn't want to get his ass kicked again. So I have no problem with it.
2: Yep. Yep. The only, the only equipment crashed was a bicycle and that costs a lot less than a four ten sprint car. So, um, yeah, I mean, settle it how you want to settle it. Right. It's just, if y'all are going to record it, record it better, like get some better video of it. Not like, you know, let's, let's, let's record it with our cell phone like this, like, you know, like with a flip phone or whatever. Right. Like, get some, Set him up in a boxing ring or something. Let's get some entertainment here, right? Like, let's let's do it. All right. Enough messing around. Um, this episode of the Loud Pedal podcast is dedicated to um, the late Bobby Unzer, who passed away over the weekend, a three time Indy 500 champion. Um, D Welch, the Unzer family means a lot to you and your family growing up in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I mean, un- you know, Unzers are obviously from New Mexico, but, um, you know, uncle Bobby was, uh, was awesome. I, I never got the chance to meet him, but, um, you know, really until the last few years, he was at the chili bowl, um, you know, constantly, um, you know, you'd see him there every year and, um, was, he was just a race fan through and through. So, um, I loved that about him, loved that, um, you know, he was just a racer at heart, you know, ran, ran sprint cars, ran midgets, ran Indy cars, you know, rose to fame on the Pikes Peak hill climb, which, you know, is about as, you know, badass as it gets. So, uh, he was just a racer and, and, uh, you know, a racer all the way through to the very end. So, uh, it's a, it's a tough loss, you know, as a guy who appreciates the history of the Indy 500 and, and USAC racing, you know, obviously, uh, these guys are all getting old and, uh, it's inevitable that they're going to pass on, but it, uh, it always, always stings a little bit when a guy as cool as as Bobby you know, passes on because he's, uh, he's a uh, big void that's going to be left in the sport. There's no doubt about that.
2: Rest in peace to Bobby Unzer, one of the champions of our sport, a three-time Indy 500 champion and, and won some of those under um, the United States Auto Club regime as well. Um, we're thinking about the Unzer family and all of those um, affected by the passing of Bobby Unzer. Paul McMahon is next. This is episode 34 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing.
0: Gentlemen, start your engines.
1: The race cars, too, are historic. They are the ancestors of the current Atlas car.
2: As we get ready for exciting USAC Dirt Car Racing. But
1: well, we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower.
2: Welcome back to episode 34 of the Loud Pedal Podcast. We promised you we would have Pauls to the wall, Paul McMahon here, and here he is, live and in color. Uh, how are you? How are you, my friend? Uh, first off, where'd that nickname come from? Was that a Gibson nickname?
0: No, that actually come from uh, some friends in Pennsylvania that uh, we were out playing golf one day, and they were trying to figure out what rhymed with Paul, so. Uh, they came up with all sorts of different ones, and uh, then it came up to Paul's of the wall, and it it, it kind of stuck. So they made shirts, and you know for themselves, and, and they brought them out, and then uh, you know it kind of took off from there.
1: So I'm assuming you're at Quick Car since you have got the sign in the background. So uh, yeah, let's start let's start there. Um, I think by now a lot of people know that that's that's kind of what you're uh, you know, your, your regular job is, but it sounds like you're going to go, go back and try and be a, be a racer again this year. So, uh, how's that balance going to work for you?
0: Oh, it works good for me. Um, you know, fortunate enough when, when I did come to work here that, um, I was already racing with the All-Stars and, uh, they work with my schedule very well to, uh, allow me to go race whenever I need to and, um, be at work when, whenever I'm able to.
2: So you're not over this whole full time uh, sprint car driving thing. I know you had a delayed flight uh, going out there to the East Coast. I mean, it's it's not getting tiring
0: yet. No, um, you know, I mean, it's I really didn't. You know, when I when we started this deal with CJB this year, that wasn't the plan for me to to go uh, run All Stars. They they talked to me about doing it at the beginning, but I have a lot of other things I wanted to do, and um, I had a friend of ours that was getting his son was getting married back in um, early April. Uh, So I wasn't going to race that weekend, and my daughter graduates this weekend um, from the University of Tennessee. So I wasn't going to miss that. So it it worked out that there was no races on these two weekends that I didn't want to do. And then um, you know what happened um, there a couple weeks ago with Brent leaving. It it kind of you know they asked me if I wanted to do it, and it was you know it's not that I really was against it or was for it. It was whatever was best for the team and. Um, they wanted to put me back out and go run the full all-star deal. And, you know, the more I race, the more money you make, um, the more opportunities you got to win. So, uh, it was a win-win for me.
1: Paul, for you at this point in your life, you know, you've got, you know, Braden, obviously who's, who's grown and kind of out doing his own thing. Your daughter, Kylie, you just said is going to graduate. Does the fact that, you know, your kids are, are kind of you know, theoretically out of the house and kind of doing their own thing. Does that make it easier for you to, you know, kind of commit to going back to doing a full-time schedule or, or how does that kind of play in your mind just with, with everything else you've got going on?
0: I mean, no, not really. Um, you know, I, I was gone a lot um, while they were growing up. So um, they're used to me not being at home a lot. So, um, but it, as I got older, the things, things got more important to me, like, you know, graduations and, and weddings that I've missed and, and things like that. So um, it was just to that point where I wasn't going to put my family on the back burner anymore for racing. Um, I wanted to be there and do more things with my family. So um, that's what my plan was. And, and now that I got those two things in, my wife was actually the one that said, why don't you just go run the All-Stars? So she was the one backing me to are kicking me in the butt to to go to go run a full schedule again.
2: And we love Which that you are running the, the house sports. very
0: long. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course, right. Plus, Braden might drive you nuts too with everything he's got going on as well. And I know most yeah. notably um, the things that you know. One of the things that you missed was his his first sprint car win, where you watched it at a racetrack, yeah. I think, on a cell phone, right? Yeah, it was. Um,
0: somebody was live streaming it through FaceTime and uh, my, my sister-in-law was actually and I remember that night I was we were at King's Royal and um, my night was horrible and we sucked and um, I come walking across the the pit area and you you know how cell service is at, at Eldora it's not the greatest and I get a text from my brother that says that Braden's leading with nine to go and uh, I was still in the infield and you get better reception up where my motorhome was at so I was on a dead sprint to get to the top to hopefully catch those eight last eight ten laps and fortunate enough uh they had a long yellow and i was able to to watch it and uh very emotional day for me it was it was very cool to see them but uh very sad not to be there also
1: so i want to talk about bristol um because you know you're one of the you ran 20 years ago there the first time they ran there right yeah that's okay. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure I had that right. So, uh, not very many guys have. You know, there there's kind of a select few guys that that ran the first time and then and then ran again this time. So, um, was there anything different as far as you know what you felt behind the wheel or anything from this this most recent time compared to the first time they did it?
0: No, not really. Um, you know, the racetrack was in great shape uh, both times we've been there. Uh, this time there was I didn't notice the dust as much as we had the first time we were there. You know I think they they prepped the track a little different when they when they laid the dirt down, um, but the race in all in all was all the same. Um, you know I I don't we you know fortunately we didn't have no uh, no accidents no you know no catastrophic failures on race car parts and everything went really smooth. Um, you know you really don't notice how fast you're going there at Bristol until. Like the only time I really noticed how fast I was going was when I had to catch the pace car. When you're when you're cat you know, going to line up and you you run that half a lap and then you lift and you're like, holy crap, this is not slowing down very fast. So um, that was the one thing I saw coming going into it was, you know, if something happened in front of us, there was it was going to be hard to miss. But uh, fortunately, we didn't have nothing like that.
2: Seems like the cars are going faster than ever, and it's you know engines that are being built that are uh you know top end horsepower you know you know we're having people who are struggling with horsepower you know having making too much power i mean speeds are high right now of course you know eldora the, the track record was broke last night and david gravel was there but it seems almost to me probably that safety is better than ever i mean you don't i mean the injuries are down even though the speeds are up
0: yeah most definitely i mean you know they Unfortunately, you know, we had a few guys pass away in the last five, ten, five, five, seven years and, um, you know, everybody got on board with trying to make our race car safer and, um, you know, I think the, the cars are as safe as as they've been in, in, in years past and, um, you know, but it, it just takes that, you know, they're safe, but it's still they're not perfectly safe. So it just takes that one hit at the wrong angle or something that, that causes things in hopefully we can you know if that hopefully that never happens but if it you know it does um, hopefully these changes we have done have uh, improved our safety more
1: for you guys with the All-Stars this year um, what what are your goals i mean what do you what do you feel like say you know a reasonable you know expectation for you guys and the team and you know what makes it a what makes it a good year for you guys when it's all said and done
0: well fortunately you know Brent ran the first Five, six races, or whatever. So the the car owner points is is what the All Stars base everything off of. That's how they pay everybody uh, at the end of the year. So I think we're you know we're in good shape to possibly pull out the 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 car owner side for the championship on that side. And um, you know in years past I've never well in the three years I've have ran the All Stars I've only ran the full season one time. Other than that I've always missed a cut. You know last year I missed a couple of races because of COVID. Um, in 2018, I missed a couple races cause I wasn't going to run, you know, for the all stars. I was working for uh, destiny motorsports at the time. So, uh, for me, if I can get back up in the top five in points, um, you know, that'd be a pretty good success for me when you, when you give away one whole race. Um, but you know, if, if things go the way I, you know, I think they can go, you know, I think we can win a lot of races and, and maybe, um, gain enough points to, to win both sides of it.
2: They ran, you guys ran good with the uh, you know the outlaws at Bristol, a top five there. Um, it seems like you're charging Charlie here. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's qualifying or, or what it is, but you passed a lot of cars over the weekend. I don't know if that uh, was what your plan was, but it looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, um, you know, this weekend it was just uh, we were in one of the you know the All Stars the way they do their format. You only qualify against your heat race, and uh, we ended up in one of those. Well, two of the nights, both nights this weekend, we ended up with, um, you know, first night I was 15th quick, but I was fifth in my group. Um, The second night we was eighth quick, but I was sixth in my group. Um, Both nights, all four cars that made the invert were in the dash. So it was just a circumstance of, um, you know, just drawing a stacked heat race that that everybody qualified very well. And um, we didn't you know, we didn't race very well in the heat race, so we we ended up starting way in the back. And uh, um, you know, we were able to pass a lot of cars. Our cars are good, um, our motors run well, and um, you know, we just uh, we just need to put a whole night together.
1: We've talked a lot on this show this year about how uh, how tough and deep the the All Stars are. Um, do you agree? I mean, is is the All Star field this year as as good as it's ever been? Even with the departure of of Reitzel and and you know the addition of of a few new guys as well that are full time.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, this is back. You know, the All Stars is back to like it was back in the '90s when you had Huntley and Frankie Kerr and Rodney Duncan and Joey and, and all these other guys. So, um, the All Stars is a is very stacked this year. Um, you know, with you know you got you bring back Corey and you, you, you got, you know, Sunshine, you got um, Ian Madsen, um, Baylog, I mean, there's just so uh, sh- you know, Hunter, you got so many good race cars and good race car drivers that uh, is, is, uh, it's fun to be a part of to, to, you know, last year we only had, I think, seven cars that followed the whole thing. And uh, this year, you know, we got, a, I think we got 13 or 14 that, that are traveling around doing the whole thing. So uh, the All-Stars is, bigger and better than it's ever been, you know, flow came on board as a major sponsor. So that definitely helps the, the, you know, every, every night is on TV on flow. So, um, it's a, the all-stars is going in the right direction and and they're getting, they're going to be bigger and better in years to come.
2: I agree. I think we've mentioned on the, the podcast, you know, we, everyone knows that the outlaws are, um, you know, the elite sprint car talent in the entire world, but right now it's the outlaws and the all-stars and they're, they're banging quarter panels here for, you know, uh, you know, I think it should be that way, right. You should have two top sprint car series because there are drivers who want to race in both and who can race in both.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, there's no, no way I could do what I do now here at quick car and and run an outlaw schedule, but um, it's very easy for me to do the, you know, work at quick car and do a full all-star schedule. Um, You know, so it's, they're traveling a little bit more than they used to, but um, you know that's what all the teams are asking for. So, um, you know, the All Stars used to never cross the Mississippi. Now, now we get across this Mississippi uh, one time this year for I think eight or ten races. So, uh, and and they're working with the Outlaws a lot so we can make the bigger paying races like at Houston or Jackson. You know, the the Bristol weekend they they took off. Um, they they always take off for Kings Royal and Knoxville. So. The All Stars are doing it right to um, for guys that want to race a lot and race for big money. Also,
1: are you guys are you just All Stars, or are you planning on trying to hit some of those those bigger Outlaw races as well?
0: No, we're going to hit the bigger Outlaw shows. You know, we'll be at Kings Royal, the Ironman Fifty Five, Knoxville Nationals, um, you know, the William Grove National Open, um, but we're going to race. You know, I, I think my schedule went up to like 82 dates from my original 55. So um, that was one thing when when we were deciding to do this. You know, Chad wanted to make sure I can could go race more races and, and hit some outlaw shows that we weren't going to do because that was the only way it was going to be beneficial for him. So um, you know, it was it was easy on my part. My you know my boss here just lets me go and and do things because you know, when I'm at the racetrack, I'm also taking care of customers and representing quick cars. So it's a win-win for both of us.
2: It is. And it seems to work that way uh, with a lot of, um, you know, manufacturers and in the racing industry. I wanted to ask you, you tweeted um, about Buddy Kofoy and Spencer Baston coming in house uh, to race with you guys um, some part time, you know, of course, Buddy Kofoy, one of the hottest race car drivers on the planet earth. Uh, right now, winning a lot of USAC national midget races and a chance to, to win a championship there. Spencer Basin, you know, talented, won an all-star race with Swindell um, last year. So are you excited to kind of mentor some of the, the younger guys who are really good race car drivers?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, they heck, they might be mentoring me. Who knows? I mean, as good as, good as talent them two are. So, um, no, it's cool. You know, I don't really know Buddy a whole lot. Uh, I got to meet him uh, a little bit the last couple of years when he was driving the 11 in-car uh on the all-star deal when he when he was there you know spencer's been around and and i've got to talk to him a lot and, be, and become friends with him so it's it's pretty cool to have them two you know young superstars that are going to be in in the cjb stable with us and um you know they're i don't know how many actual races they got that's wasn't part of my none of my business one but uh you know that that's I don't, i'm not really sure how many they're going to do but uh I'm um, Looking forward to um, hopefully being at the racetrack with them several times this year.
1: As a guy who's accomplished a lot, obviously, in a sport like you have, uh, when those guys do come in, you know, and they're, they're young but they're fast, they've accomplished, you know, a lot in their young careers too, how do you approach that mentorship, you know, level? Is that something where you wait for them to come to you or do, if you see something that they can do better, do you go to them or, or how do you kind of handle that?
0: Well, I mean, I just, you know – you know, I've been fortunate to, you know, in a few years that I've had teammates, you know, like when I was teammates with Joey Saldana and uh, Stevie Smith there at CJB, it was, um, you kind of just, you bounce things off of each other. You're not trying to like get in the middle of their things because you're not driving their race car, but, um, you know, you come in from qualifying if they're out later than you, you try to go back and tell them what, what you felt, you know, what I felt and, and, and what I think they might try, um, to make their lap good. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know they still got to drive the race car, and if they got questions, they'll ask. And and whenever I see, if I see something, I will I will let them know. But it's not um, telling them, you know, this is what I they need to do because, like I said, I'm not driving their race car. Their race car might be, you know, totally opposite of what mine's feeling like. So I can just give them what I'm feeling, and um, they can use that and and go from there.
2: I think it was Zebby who said. Um, he had a lot of conversations with you in his first all-star season when you were running the boot car and, and he was over there with, uh, um you know, McGee. Um, I, I, I mean, to me the personalities are a little bit similar with Zeb and buddy. They're both humble, quiet kids who get, you know, strapped in a race car and are just insanely ridiculously fast. Like it seems like there might be some similarities there between a Zeb wise and a buddy Kofoid.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Zeb's a, a great kid comes from a great family and, um, you know, I was, last year when we come to the first race, um, you know, Mike McGee just said, hey, you know, my kids, my guy's never been here to a lot of these racetracks. You might want to, if, if you'd mind, can you just give him some information? So, you know, that's, you know, if Buddy, you know, I don't think Buddy's been to Williams Grove yet, and I know he's going to go there. So you know, that's going to be the time where I'm going to tell him, you know, what the racetrack tendencies are and how you got to, you know, my point of view of, of driving the racetrack, track uh, you know, that's where you you help them the most is just to give them ideas and and way I approach certain racetracks. I mean, I remember when I first started racing, I went to Lebanon Valley and um, knew nothing about it, never been there and wish I had someone that came up to me and said, hey, this place looks like you can run her wide open, you know, through the middle. You can't because I run down into the first lap of hot laps and run in the wide open, turn the thing you know got in the corner the thing went faster up the hill than it went around the racetrack and i backed it in the fence and put the rear tubes underneath my feet so i tried to um you know make it so so young kids don't have that problem because you know i mean i've always been a guy that helps others um i've always been the guy that i i always try to help the young kids i did that with parker price miller i've i've done it with a lot of different different young young talents so um you know it's it's something I enjoy because it's I'm a race fan first and foremost and I want to see these kids succeed
1: you can't give away all your secrets so you still got to beat them right
0: (laughs) I mean you know I mean at the end of the day you, you always think you're you're the best race car driver out there so um you know I try to help as much as I can I'm not giving them my setups and my gears and everything else you know which I don't do anyway so I don't even know what they're are in my is in my race car, so that really doesn't matter at that point. But, um, you know, you, you try to help them. I mean, you you do the best you can, and um, at the end of the day, the, the best guy wins.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's a g- very good point. I mentioned the speeds. You know, the Eldora record shattered could be broken again this this year. You know, the Outlaws are getting a, a crack at the new uh, figuration there at Eldora. Williams Grove, the track record was shattered last oh, wait, year whoa, with whoa, Shane whoa,
0: Stewart. Whoa whoa, and- whoa, 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 whoa. reconfigured eldora
2: not reconfigured but whether they juiced it up or they added some you know they they added some banking or whatever they did to make it faster what did they do because you know Ah. Delansky in
0: 2007 how did it go from 2007 to now it was just the circumstances i mean the racetrack was was very juiced up it was right around the bottom it was cold and, and i believe it rained earlier that day it was just circumstances i mean it's lucky the track record can be broke yeah i mean no i'm not saying lucky you still gotta be fast but everything's got to kind of align your normal eldor is not going to be like that without some mother nature influence
1: tyler it's the Mm. same way that i set the track record at kokomo you had to have perfect circumstances (laughs) it's just how how (laughs) it goes some nights
2: (laughs) you still hold that record i was gonna ask. go
0: ahead you look at like my my track record at volusia you know it's it's i think it's still the fastest lap because they took away the they reconfigured the length of rolling wheels of being you know whatever it was at 145 miles an hour to 128 or whatever but volusia still you know the record there's i have the track record there at 143 miles an hour and i think it was a 12 12. 12-4 something and they can't even get within a half a second of that now but That was another night that you know it rained you're at sea level it's february it's nice and cold motors are running as hard as they'll ever run all year long and i I was able to lay down a perfect clap
2: i guess that's a good correction on your part a reconfiguration isn't accurate because you know eldor hasn't been reconfigured ever but you know they actually have taken less you know they've taken banking out of it over the years haven't they It, it used to be you know sky high
0: yeah, they definitely take them bank out when the trucks came you know whatever five six years ago they it, the top kind of flattened out more than it than it used to be it used to have a nice lip all the way to the fence um, so it did it did slow the racetrack down a little bit I think um, but you know I mean for whatever reason you know it's it's still Eldora it's still badass so um, still a place I love to go to
2: are you going this weekend? Is that is that a safe bet?
0: No, I will not be there this weekend. This is uh, Kylie's graduation weekend. So this is the one of the weekends I was taking off no matter what happens. No matter what was happening in the racing world, I was not gonna be there.
2: Dang. Well, I guess others are gonna have a crack at the qualifying records, but what what are the records that you have still currently or that you have broken in your career that meant the most to you, like as far as speed records?
0: Oh, I mean, the one at Volusia is, you know, just, just damn cool to say you're the fastest guy on a dirt track. Um, you know, that's pretty cool. But probably the one at Belleville is, was my favorite. I, I broke it in, in 1996, I think it was, maybe. And then we came back in 2011 and I broke it again. So uh, that's one of them places I've only been to twice and, and broke the track record both times. And was fortunate enough to win it at Belleville. Um, you know, it's, it's not the Belleville nationals. It wasn't in a midget, which would be even cooler, but to win an outlaw show, at Belleville was pretty damn cool.
1: Sprint cars at Belleville still blows my mind. Like I know it's, <laughs> it maybe probably isn't as crazy as, as the midgets are there, but, uh, it's still crazy to me to think about sprint cars at Belleville.
0: Yeah. I've never, you know, I've never seen a midget race there. And I like, you know, I always joked with Tim it's Clawson. Insane. I always said that I can imagine. I've, I've always told Tim Clawson that I want to run a midget and I want to run it at Eldora and, and Belleville. And just watching him at Eldora, I think I changed my mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is it's pretty pretty ludicrous, but uh, fun for us as race fans, for sure. Uh, you did some racing in the offseason. I, I wanted to ask you about this. The iRacing rig that Braden got you on, you're racing with the Outlaws, you know, during the pandemic. Did you like that? Was iRacing your thing?
0: That was the first time I ever got on iRacing. I enjoy the shit out. Of it. Oops, sorry. I don't know if I could say that on podcast. Um, you could say that. I I enjoyed the shit out of it. I had a blast. I suck at it, but I had a blast. And um, you know, Braden, he'd get madder than hell at me sitting back watching me while I'm. I mean. I couldn't, I couldn't turn a lap at Eldora, Volusia, Charlotte anywhere without crashing. I just, not my, not my, I guess I'm not a gamer, so I, I wasn't very good at it, but I still get on it from time to time, but I get in the, the Formula One cars and stuff that, uh, you know, really interest interest me, and um, I give it a whack at that. I, I told uh, Nick Hoffman that I got in a, a, a modified at Volusia, told him I was going to come take his Gator next year, so I'll have to keep practicing. <laughs>
2: that's funny that's funny i got a couple more fun ones for you so the the biggest talk of the week was not you know brad sweet winning all the outlaw races or you know um the all-stars whatever the biggest talk of the week was an unexpected rivalry that happened between aaron reitzel and wayne johnson did you expect that ever to be the biggest rivalry to come out of the sprint car season
0: no did not see the wayne johnson aaron reitzel rivalry coming uh I would say I I saw a few others maybe, but not that one. <laughs> a few, a few mean, others that's... with Aaron, not with just just a few others with Aaron. I saw maybe something like that coming, but not not Wayne Johnson.
2: Dylan, what about you? Did you did you expect that? <laughs> that's nuts.
1: No, well, I mean, I'm I'm the same way with Paul. I mean, I think think you if you watch him race enough you probably expect that he's going to make somebody mad enough that's going to come down and fight him but um I didn't expect him to throw a bike that was uh that was pretty interesting
0: yeah the whole thing was just uh I mean I haven't you know I caught a bit of the the bike throwing this morning that my boss showed me and and when I got the video the other day when I or when I saw the video the other day I, I I wasn't expecting I was I was expecting like more toe-to-toe more like ufc type shit
2: <laughs> like rather than like bike throwing and stuff like that you you thought it'd be a little bit more grungy i just it looked kind of staged to me i mean i, I don't want to call that out but it just like it's in the middle of the pit area everyone's recording no one stops the thing like it just i mean i'm all for a good fight and like earl Baltus says do it on the front stretch to make money but like um, you know, it just seems like everyone just recorded it instead of stopping it because they knew nothing was going to happen.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's just the mentality of the world nowadays. I mean, uh, you, you, everybody gets their phones out before they want to help anything. I've watched a, a video of some guy; who was, was on the news and the guy was filming a truck went off the highway in in New Jersey or somewhere over the winter on, in an ice storm. And he's filming it, telling somebody to call 911. I'm like, shit, put your phone down and call yourself but that's just the mentality of our world nowadays is get the phone out and let's, let's video something.
1: Tyler, would you have stepped in there and broken it up?
2: (laughs) Hell no. I would have had my lens (laughs) in their chins. I would have had my lens in their chins getting the best fight there is. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty poor. It was actually pretty poor quality video. I mean, the people who recorded that thing needed to get up there a little bit closer and, you know, uh, you know, for for they were kind of far back. Like, get get up in there if you're gonna record that thing.
0: Was it just a couple of race fans videoing it or I, I, I don't think know it was someone who with from.
2: the outlaws and a few I think it was someone with the outlaws, I maybe mean like a PR or social media and then like someone else. I I don't know. But um the videos were pretty poor quality. It looked like it was maybe like a quick <laughs> thing, like they just reacted, you know, instead of like, see, I have my camera around my neck at all times, so I'm not gonna miss something like
0: yeah, maybe it was just a flip phone.
2: <laughs> just a flip phone reaction of it, yeah. No, uh, hat sh- I, I mean, we haven't done our hat shakes yet, but Wayne Johnson's going to get mine, man. I mean, not, not backing down from him. <laughs> I mean, there have been a lot of people mad at him, Um, you know, more specifically Danny Dietrich last year and a few others. Like, you know, um, so for someone to actually put one on his chin or or, or approach him, after his comments or whatever, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not shocked that Wayne Johnson did it, but it's just not the rivalry expected because the, the competition level between the two cars are quite different.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, just the way our sport is, it, it it's not it's frowned upon to, to go swinging at anymore with, with the way, you know, with the TV and, and social media and everything we got going on in, in, in our sport now that, you know, some, you know, some sponsors probably think it's, you know, it was great. And, and, you know, but some other sponsors might not think it's the, the smartest thing to do. Trust me, there's been times I wanted to go poke a guy in the mouth a couple times myself. And um, But, you know, you have to think back of the pros and cons of everything. And, um, you know, Wayne owns his own stuff. And, and um, you know, he can do pretty much whatever he wants. So, um, you know, it, it, did, did I think Wayne did anything wrong? No. Did I think, you know, I don't know what it caused the caused the argument. I, I saw the, you know, Wayne called him a prick on, on Friday night or whatever, but I don't know what started, what happened up to that point. Cause I don't ever remember him getting into anything during the year. It might stem back from when they ran 360s together. Who knows?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. They did run 360s together. All right, enough on that topic. My final topic for you, Pauly, is Dylan, some of D- Dylan's best performances at the Chili Bowl have come when you have been the cook, like in his area, right? So you're a good cook, right? You know, we, 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 like, we like you cooking at the Chili Bowl for us and we kind of missed it last year. And, um, you know, if you had to cook one meal to save your life, what would it be?
0: Like the whole course?
2: Yeah. So, you know, uh, I guess just basically like a, basically like an appetizer or two sides and an entree, right? Two sides and an entree. What would be your favorite? Uh, thing It's
0: it's going straight up tri-tip. Um, something, a lot of the people out in the Midwest don't know what it is, but that's a great piece of meat from California that that I love cooking. I, I put it on the grill often. Uh, probably my onion potatoes with my homemade Mac and cheese. That's that's my go to whenever I got friends or family or somebody that hasn't uh, experienced a a little Paul McMahon barbecue.
1: Paul's a great cook. He's also a great bartender, which is also probably part of why we had such good runs out there, too. So he's the he's the full the full (laughs) package.
0: If you're going to cook, you better you better learn to mix a drink while you're at it. That's right.
2: The McMahons never lost a party, and neither have I. That's why I love them. Thanks so much for coming on the show, buddy. Uh, tell Braden lay off the Rock Auto commercials. Like,
0: come on now. He's. Yeah, I got a. I got a text from uh, Andy. He said. Uh, he said if Quick Car would uh, step up a little bit, he can. He can lay off the Rock Auto commercials a little bit. So, I'm working on that here for Braden. But his tweet. <laughs> I'm telling you what. His tweet was the greatest. His announcement that he had. He even had me on the edge of my seat because I'm like, "What the hell is he doing? What's he? I mean, did he get something?" And then the Rock Auto commercial come on, and I about fell out of my chair laughing.
2: It's really, <laughs> really funny. He's—he's he's, Braden is a fantastic comedian, and um, I love everything he puts on social media. That's why he has such a big following. Um, but yes, uh, you know, it's comical. But here's the thing: I mean, he's just giving Rock Auto even more of a plug, right? That's—that's that's right. The, your your quick yeah, car thing, exactly.
0: Like, get more plug. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's he finds, he does things that I just shake my head at a lot, but uh, this one is working out very well for Rock Auto because I, I know his, on his tweet, he had some 20 some odd thousand more views of a Rock Auto commercial. So I think Rock Auto needs to start getting a little kickback for my kid so he can pay for his college.
2: <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. And when does he graduate, right? Your daughter's already graduating. When is he graduating?
0: Good question. Very good question. <laughs> when is he graduating? When he graduates.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love you guys. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, appreciate it. Congrats on the hard charging this weekend, but uh, you know, let's let's draw a better groups so we can we can yeah. qualify a little well, better.
0: You know, that's what I I told the guys this week, and and thanks for letting me have on the show. But just one little thing, I said when they came over to give me the hard charger award, I said that's you can't qualify award. So we'll try to fix that. <laughs> good point. Good point. Thanks so much for coming on.